We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey everyone, welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. We've got NFL Week 15, 10-game main slate. As always, we are going to focus on the main slate. We'll have a ton of content. I know uh, Keith was just telling me he got done with his rankings, and I have rankings that I have to do for Saturday slate and expert survey for Saturday slate. So we'll have a ton of stuff as far as content up on Rotor Grinders for Saturday's three-game slate. It's a fun little three-game slate. Gives me like uh, Thanksgiving vibes, but joined as always by my buddy Keith Eister. Keith, I hope you had a better Week 14 than I did. Um, injury bug, <laughs> I, it had injury bug hasn't like bit me this year, but it, it bit me this week. I had a lot of Jefferson. I know he was one of the ones that um, bit me, but just overall, not a great week. Ready for a bounce back here in Week 15. Yeah, week 14 was really rough for me as well. Uh, probably my worst week of the season. I had a ton of Justin Jefferson. I had a ton of Jamar Chase, who just disappeared from the offense. Higgins had a decent game. Chase Brown decided he was going to take every touch, like 50 yards. Um, had a lot of Mike Evans. That did not work out. We were in love with uh, the Falcon. Well, I was in love with the Falcons-Tampa Bay game, but it got popular by the time we got to Sunday. Yeah. And so I was like, man, I don't really want to play Drake London and, and Kyle Pitts into ownership on this slate. So got off of that a little bit, even though I absolutely love the game environment. Zach Moss with another dud. I had a ton of him. Just, yeah, a, a very bad week 14 for me. Yeah, I mean, Drake London was like one of the bright spots that I had. But like you said, he got popular. So that it, it didn't matter as much. Um, but he was he was like my highest owned wide receiver last week. So he was just too cheap on DK just overall. But yeah, Jamar Chase, Keenan Allen. I, I talked about how much I love that game on the podcast yep. last week. And I mean, Russ didn't kill me. He didn't have a great game. Luckily, he threw that like long touchdown to Sutton. But like that game overall didn't do what I was kind of hoping for. Zach Moss busted again. Like just so many pieces on top of Jefferson that just didn't work out. Like Hubbard had a great game rushing, just didn't score. Like, um, so a lot of the pieces that I was like heavy on last week, um, just didn't work out. And I mean, those weeks are going to happen. You move on. Um, that's the best part about DFS had a good week betting, betting. I had a really good week betting. Um, a lot of the props that I was on 
was awesome. So, I mean, it kind of worked out. I had an alt line for Drake London, um, and nice. that that smashed. Yeah. So he had a he had a huge game. The hey, only reason I bring concept, that up is that was let's show, let's throw the ball to our like stud wide receiver who is winning at at the contested catch rate at one of the highest rates in the NFL. Maybe keep throwing it to that guy. Yeah, shocking how how much it worked <laughs> for us. Um, but anyway, all right, let's get started. Week. 15 10 games we're getting close to the end of the season games are mattering more and more and uh, we start here with the falcons at carolina 34 total atlanta a three-point favorite in this game we just got done talking about atlanta we talked a lot about weather last week and i don't ever talk about weather a lot and like the weather shifted everywhere but by the time we recorded wednesday we're just going to break down this game Make sure you're paying attention to the weather Saturday night, Sunday morning. Kevin Roth will keep us updated. So thoughts will change depending on weather. This is one of the games that has some potential weather. I live in Florida and it's supposed to rain all day Saturday and Sunday. So like the Miami game might have some weather as well. Um, We'll go to Atlanta first. We got done just talking about it. Desmond Ritter coming off of. The best game of the season for him. We'll just call it how it is. He threw for 347 yards. He threw for only one touchdown, but ran for a touchdown as well. Had a phenomenal DFS day. Drake London, 11 targets. Drake London should be a double-digit target wide receiver every single week. Whether you're going to throw the ball 25 or 35 times, Drake London should be double-digit targets every week. He smashed. Uh, Talk to me here about the Falcons. Going up against Carolina defense that has been, I mean, phenomenal against the pass this season. They're only allowing 186 passing yards per game. Yeah, it's really on the ground where you want to attack Carolina. Uh, unfortunately, that B. John Robinson role that we were talking highly of over the last three weeks on yesterday, on last week's pod, he only he split the carries basically with uh, Algier last week. So I really want to play B. John Robinson in this spot. I think it's a phenomenal matchup. The price has come up to 6,800. He split the backfield work again, so it's it's a little bit concerning. Uh, it's going to be a little bit dependent upon ownership, but I, I think Bijan has an enormous ceiling in this spot here. Uh, Atlanta is short favorites in the spot on the road in Carolina, which kind of surprised me after their showing last week. And Carolina has just been atrocious all year long. Um, so that I mean, that's one of the bets that I like this week is the Atlanta side here. I, I, I don't know. I'm leaning into the Bijan side here. I, I'm fine playing Drake London again, but Caroline has been much better against the pass, like you mentioned. Um, the price is still totally fine. I think he has plenty of upside. It's not not the great price we saw last week, but still in play. I'm not playing Ritter. Uh, I didn't get there last week because he started catching a little bit of ownership, and I'm, I'm probably not doing it again. Um, it's Bijan Robinson is really the play here for Atlanta for me. Yep, I'm with you. I like Bijan. Um potential weather in this game could play a factor as well in large field tournaments. I don't hate getting Algier in this spot either. Um, this could be a game where Atlanta runs the ball 30 plus times and Bijan probably gets 15 of those. And then we give Algier 10 and Patterson five. So like, I mean, I, I think Algier at 4,400 is okay for large field tournament stuff, like very top heavy tournaments. If he gets the two rushing touchdowns, he smashes. He went for 24 fantasy points week one against Carolina. Um, he had the two touchdowns. So, I, I mean, just – I like Bijan. He's clearly my favorite play. I'm not going back to Drake London in this spot. It's a tough spot. If anything, I would play some Kyle Pitts here. 
Carolina has been really good on the outside where they have struggled a little bit on the, in the passing game is the inside stuff. So if anything, it would be Kyle Pitts, but I'm not like in love with Kyle Pitts either. It's really Bijan. I actually have a little bit of interest in the Atlanta defense as well. Let's go to the Carolina side of this game. I mean, I'm not playing Bryce Young. I mean, I could start with that. Um, just zero ceiling whatsoever. Hubbard has been fantastic recently. Uh, the new coach, he's had 25 and 23 carries with the new coach. Um, Atlanta is is the team you got to beat by the pass. Their run defense is, is solid. They're not fantastic, but they're solid. They're top 15 run defense. Is this a week we take shots on Hubbard? Do we take shots again on Mingo? He got chalky last week. Um, he still had nine targets. He only had two catches. You got to remember who's throwing him the football. Um, I just don't have a ton of interest in Carolina here. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I love the the volume from Hubbard. Uh, and it's not like that game was close either. They were getting smashed by, by the Saints. And Hubbard still had 23 rushing attempts. So they're very committed to just pounding the football here and I don't know, just running clock. Finishing the season. Yeah. yeah like, exactly. They just want the, the season to be over. Exactly. Yep. So, I mean, I think you can lock in 20 carries for Chuba Hubbard. It's not the best matchup, but at 5,600, that's definitely playable. And then I agree. Like the passing game has not been good. Um, Mingo's target share was still up there, but Bryce Young just isn't throwing him catchable footballs at this point. So it's difficult. I don't mind a shot on Mingo at 3,900. I don't think I'm playing, uh, Thielen in this spot at his price tag and as much as the passing game has struggled here it's it's really Hubbard and Mingo are the only two targets for me here and Hub and, and Mingo is just in play because he's so cheap like his target share his, he's on the field he's been on the field all year but the targets have been consistent I mean this is a guy five straight games he has at least six targets they're just not great targets um he's got to make a play um we saw that against Tampa I think just you're playing Mingo price wise, but again, I want to watch his ownership. Like he last week, just like his ownership climbed way too much um, last week. All right, Chicago, your bears going into Cleveland, 38 total in this game, Cleveland, a three point favorite. Let's go Chicago bears first. Um, I mean, DJ Moore is banged up. He did not practice Wednesday. He, got hurt what was the third quarter right it was the third quarter i'm pretty sure um he's still i think he played through it he's been phenomenal recently and he's getting you know the work that he deserves this is a tough defensive matchup for dj moore his price is now at 6900 justin fields can beat you on the ground he can definitely get up there about him um what are your thoughts here when it comes to your bears yeah, I mean, I think DJ is fine. Like you said, he kind of played through it last week. I imagine that he'll be out there this week. Um, tough matchup against Cleveland. Cleveland is dealing with some injuries, though. Um, and the other note that I wanted to make is that they play one of the highest rates, maybe even the highest rate of man coverage in, in the entire league. And running quarterbacks against man coverage is a thing that you can exploit a little bit. Like, the defensive backs tend to run with the receivers a little bit longer. That opens up a little bit more open field for Justin Fields, who we know is amazing when he has space to run. Um, I don't love Fields at this price because it's a very difficult passing matchup, but it wouldn't shock me to see him run for 100 yards in this spot, and that is certainly useful. If I was targeting a pass catcher, it's probably DJ Moore, even though the, pa the, the salary has come up a little bit. 
Um, Andy's banged up a little bit. No way I'm touching the backfield. Don't think it's a great matchup for Komet, so I'm probably not going there. I do want to note the Bears defense, like it has been phenomenal for like four weeks now. And we used to pick, like the beginning of the season, we were all in on picking on this Bears defense. But they traded for Montez Sweat, who has given them a little bit of a pass rush when there's been nothing up until the point of them trading for him. And Jalen Johnson has played like a top five corner in the entire league on the back end. So this Bears defense has been playing phenomenal. I am I think it's legit. We're talking about a matchup against Joe Flacco here. So I think the Bears defense is in play too. Yeah, the Bears defense has been great. Um, you know, if we look at the last five games for them, they're, they're 92 rushing yards per game and 191 passing yards per game. That's the third best um, for passing yards and the fifth best for rushing yards in, the, in that span. So um, they've been phenomenal, you know, and, and like they've been great against the run all year. They just have been um, just stout against the run. So quietly, both of these teams are really good against the run. And I mean, Cleveland has one of the best defenses in the league. I think in large field tournaments, I think you could take shots on Justin Fields naked. I think you could play him. DJ Moore, like you said, man coverage um, is, is someone that could beat man coverage. So, I, I mean, that's where I would attack this. I'm with you on Cole Komet. I got to him a little bit last week. He had an okay game in that Detroit game. It just he didn't score, but he had a good oh, – anytime you get double-digit fantasy points from your tight end, they're not going to kill you. Um, Cleveland side – how tilting for anybody that played Nujoku against the Rams that he just did what he did against the the Jags last week. Um, I was very tilted watching <laughs> that game. Um, what are your thoughts here when it comes to Cleveland? Yeah, I mean, I talked about the, the Bears defense being a lot better. Uh, they have shut down like wide receiver ones all season. It's been they've been the best team against the run all season long. So I think Njoku is the play here if you're looking for somebody. Uh, like Flacco has been really good. I'm not going to deny that. He's throwing the ball down the field. He's taking chances. And it looks like he he still has some arm left there. Like he, he's been playing well. I just, I don't love this spot outdoors. The weather looks okay, but I don't know. Like Cooper got an amazing uh, target, 14 targets last week for Amari Cooper. If I was looking for wide receivers, Cooper would be the guy. Um, I think Cooper being healthy kind of shuts down the Elijah Moore stuff where he was starting to get some steam. Um, but Njoku over Cooper, I think is the play just the bears have been uh, vulnerable to the tight end position all season long. They've been really good against wide receiver ones. So give me Njoku over Cooper, but not in love with either really. Yeah. I think if you're playing fields and even if you're playing fields naked and you want to run it back, I think Cooper or Njoku is where you do it. Um, yep. And cause you want, you want Cleveland to put up some points because like you really want fields upside to be, you know, 80 plus rushing yards and a touchdown rushing. I mean, that's, that's where you're really wanting like fields to get his ceiling from. Cause then at that point, if he throws for one and 200 yards on top of that, just smashes. So I don't mind running it back with Cooper and Ojoku, but that's really it. I mean, I think both defenses in this game are playable. They're kind of like mid tier pricing defenses. So I don't know like what they'll have ownership wise. We typically don't see a ton of ownership when it comes to, middle of the field defenses um so i mean i think this is a spot for chicago wise i don't think their defense will get a lot of ownership at all all right we got tampa bay at green bay green bay packers i think let a lot of people down last week 41 and a half total in this game packers a three and a half point favorite 
Um, we'll start with Tampa. Green Bay has really, really, really been struggling with the run this year, and it's been worse lately. They've allowed 170 rushing yards on average over the last five games. We have a running back that doesn't come off the field very often here for Tampa Bay. I think Richard White is one of the top running back plays point per dollar on this slate. Don't mind going back to Mike Evans, but I really think this is a Richard White White game for Tampa Bay. Yeah, I'm, I'm completely with you. As far as roles go among running backs in the NFL, he's right up there with Christian McCaffrey. Like He, he just doesn't come off the field, like you said. Uh, so completely in agreement there. I think that's the way you want to attack this Packers defense. Um, I probably go back to Evans a little bit just because I have some interest in, in Packers stacks on the other side. Um, I mean, this Tampa Bay defense did just allow Desmond Ritter to throw for almost 350 yards. So um, I'll probably play some love, which means I'll be running it back with Evans. No need for Baker Mayfield in the spot. I, I don't think I'm playing Godwin either. Kate Otten is still cheap. He's had a decent role here. Um, I think you could play him, but Rashad White, definitely the main target of the Tampa Bay offense here. Yeah, I think White and Evans. I mean, Godwin's banged up right now. If Godwin were to sit and you wanted to take a shot on $3,100 Palmer, he would definitely see five to eight targets here if Godwin sits. So, like, I think Palmer would be a value play if Godwin ends up sitting. I don't know if I get the Kate Otten. He's very, very touchdown dependent. Um, and like he scored last week and still only had he still had under 10 fantasy points, um, which is not going to kill you at 3,200. But we have some good tight end plays on this slate. Um, so I think Tampa for me, it, it's white way ahead of everybody. And then um, running it back with some Evans going to the Green Bay, Green Bay side. And I know by what you just said, you're going to be with me on this. But I mean, I'm going back to the well here on Jordan Love. I know he played terrible against the Giants after he was looking really good. Like he had a stretch there where like he was looking really good. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Jones is banged up. Dylan's banged up. I think they're going to have to rely on Jordan Love um, and whatever wide receiver plays um, I have interest <laughs> because they're all banged up right now. Reed is banged up. Um, it's an ankle injury, but he's expected to play. We're waiting to see if Watson's going to be back with the hamstring injury that has been his biggest downfall. Wicks is banged up. I mean, Dobbs is 5,300. Reed is 4,900. Watson's 4,800. So whoever suits up here, I'm in. I have some slight interest in Tucker Craft at 3K as a cheap tight end. I'm with you on Green Bay this week. Um, I think this is a spot we just go back and just say he played bad. It happened. We move on. Yeah, I mean, it's as good of a spot as you can ask for for a passing game. 
Tampa Bay has been a pass funnel for a couple of years now. Um, Love, like you said, looked really good for a few weeks there. Played bad last week. It happens. I'm willing to give him a pass on that. I don't think he's any worse than Desmond Ritter, and and Ritter just had a phenomenal game against this Tampa Bay defense. So in Green Bay, the cold weather's a little bit scary, but it looks fine outside of the temperature. Like there's no wind. There's no precipitation. I think it's it's wheels up for this Packers passing game. Jaden Reed is my favorite. Um, he's been getting like rushing attempts as well. Like he's very live for a rushing TD, I think, even if he doesn't find the end zone via a receiving TD. Um, they've been giving him some chances on like end arounds and like like trick play type of stuff. Uh, so that's very interesting to me. If Christian Watson is out, Jaden Reed might be my highest own receiver of the entire slate. It's just, it's a phenomenal spot for him. His, um, his target share is growing. And then they're designing like, um, they're designing plays for him, like behind the line of scrimmage and runs and things like that as well. So Reed is very involved depending on who else plays. Like if Wicks plays and Watson does not, I think uh, Dontavian Wicks is in play a little bit too. He started to, to carve out a pretty nice role. Six targets last week left with the injury as well. So, I mean, no Watson and Wicks in, I'd have interest at, at uh, on Wicks at 4K. And I, I totally agree. Tucker Craft has just stepped right into the Luke Musgrave role. He's like not coming off the field. Only four targets, but I mean, he, the guy's on the field all the time. I think that the upside for a touchdown is great in the spot. Especially with how banged up the wide receivers are, right? Like yep. that's the thing. You know, Watson's hamstring injury, he might miss again. Wicks has a high ankle sprain. It's a it's a short week. They played on Monday night, um, so they have less time to prep. I, I mean, if we get Watson Wicks out, I, I definitely want to play Dobbs and Reed. I want to play some craft, and that's where you like get into like Heath is 3K on like a double stack. You could play Heath on a double stack at 3K. So Tampa's good against the run. They've been good against the run for years. Like you said, they're a funnel defense. They, they've been great at stopping the run again this year. Um, I mean, they are a team you want to attack in, with, the, with the passing game. And I, I mean, I think that's what we're going to see here from Green Bay. And then, like you said, it is the time of the year where like we're definitely watching weather, but like a cold game without rain or snow or wind. Totally I fine. Mean, they'll, they'll be fine. I mean, there's going to be heaters on the sideline. These guys will be fine. Um, Jets and Dolphins. What a letdown for my Dolphins. Oh my gosh. Um, they scored that second touchdown. I got up by two touchdowns at the end of that game. And I was like, all right, we got this. And anyway, 37 and a half total Miami, eight and a half point favorite. Let's go to the Jets side first. Who was, um, playing quarterback at the Jets last week? Because it wasn't Zach Wilson. Um, <laughs> I mean, 300 passing yards, two passing touchdowns against Houston. Miami's defense has been a lot better. Um, they've had a lot of guys come off the IR. Ramsey's back. This defense is getting healthy, and they have been healthy. What are we doing with the Jets after what we just witnessed from the Jets' um, offense last week? Yeah, I mean, that was, that was a shock to everybody, I'm, I'm sure. Um, I am a little bit concerned about the weather in this game. It's very early in the week. We have no idea what it's going to turn into. It's going to um, rain. That's what's going to happen. Um, yeah, and there's a chance for some wind, too. Like, Roth yeah. has this game at, at Orange, which is surprising to see in Miami. But it's the 20-mile-an-hour winds with gusts up to 35. That's what's in his current report right now. That's a little bit scary. 
Um, if I knew but, the weather was okay, it's hard to ignore the role for Garrett Wilson. But I, definitely really keeping an quick, eye on the weather. I don't want to interrupt you. I'm just I just want to say I've been to the stadium multiple times. I'm a Dolphins fan. I live in Florida. Um, the way this stadium is designed, I don't think wind affects this stadium as much as it would affect like a, a more open field. Like this is still an open football field. Don't get me wrong, but the way this the stadium is designed, I feel like it's definitely designed to sustain Florida winds. So I and like. I am concerned, don't get me wrong, but I don't know if I'm like really playing Zach Wilson to throw the long ball either. Um, so I, I just don't know how much I want wind to affect this game for me. Fair points. Uh, nice uh, perspective there. I, I And I do still have interest in Garrett Wilson. Like it's, it's hard to ignore the role here. Zach Wilson has locked on to Garrett Wilson every time that he's played quarterback. Like we know that Garrett Wilson is Zach's guy. So I think you can still play Garrett Wilson, even if there's some rain and, and even a little bit of wind. I think Garrett Wilson is going to be in play here. They're just going to have to throw to keep pace with this Miami offense. Although, I mean, I don't know. Tyreek is a major, major factor. We'll talk about that in just a second here. It matters a lot if Tyreek plays or doesn't play. Um, you know, but I, I think two things that – you know, needs to be said about last week's game. One, they opened up the playbook for Zach Wilson for the first time this season. We saw screens. We saw them really getting Brees Hall involved in the passing game. He had nine targets. He had eight catches. Brees Hall has become a huge factor in the passing game. If he's going to get eight points just from just catching the ball out of the backfield, we really got to watch Brees Hall. Miami's fantastic, you know, against the run this year. But again, we are going to get a passing role. And, and like in games, if you're if you're planning on Miami being up in this game, I think Tyreek plays. Um, did you see the the note that like his wife texts him? He was talking about it on a podcast, and like his wife texts no. him at halftime, and she's like, "You better get your butt back in the game." <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So no, I did not see that. I, I think Tyreek plays. Um, I, I want to play Hall and I want to play Wilson. I don't want to play Zach Wilson. Um, he is really, really cheap. I I just want to – I think it's an outlier game so bad. I just don't see him throwing for 300. The Miami defense has been solid. Could he pay off 4,900 in a game against Miami? Sure. Just really feels like a Sam, Sam Howell situation that we played just a couple weeks ago, and it was a huge letdown. If he gets like – if he's like projected as like 15th, 16th, 17th quarterback ownership wise i might take some shots on zach wilson in that scenario i think he's going to get some ownership this week because of what he just did so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out like hall i like um wilson miami side of this game i don't want to play two at 7900 um i talked about this in the expert survey with the two game slate Tua has been great this year and like we've seen him have you know, really, really solid games, but his ceiling is kind of capped. You know, he'll have these big games, but he's not running like, and they don't want him running. So like the days of Tua rushing for a touchdown and rushing for like 40 yards is over. Um, and like in this day and age DFS with football, we need a little bit of rushing upside um, at quarterback. Obviously like Tyreek, the running back situation is really interesting. Um I mean, A-Chan is the ceiling guy, even though like Raheem Mostert continues to just do his thing. I still think A-Chan is the ceiling guy. 
Yeah, I agree with you on the Tua stuff. Like the Jets defense is still really solid. I I struggle to see the ceiling spot here. Um, the offensive line is also a concern here. They lost Connor Williams. Yeah, and 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 Armstead, their left tackle, is questionable. I believe. Like they're def- like you saw it in that that last game against the Titans. Tua was like like Tyreek not being on the field first of all would would not allow him to get the ball out extremely fast like he usually does. And then on top of that, the offensive line pass protection was breaking down. So that's why Miami struggled on offense against the Titans. I'm I'm concerned about this offensive line against this really stout Jets defense. Um, like it could be an issue if if Armstead is not out there. Tua could be forced to uh, get rid of the ball a lot quicker than he wants to, and he's already one of the quickest guys in the NFL at getting getting rid of the ball. It, I mean, Tyreek is the play for sure if he's out there have to just monitor the injury report. Obviously he tried to gut it out at the end of that Titans game. I think he probably tries to play in this spot. 9,900 for a guy who's dealing with an ankle injury is a lot, but it's, it's Tyreek Hill. I mean, we've been playing him all year long. If, if they need to go to the quick passing game, there's nobody better to do it than Tyreek Hill. I still have interest even with the injury, the running backs. I'm, I'm kind of concerned about a chance injury as well. Um, listed as a toe injury, if that's turf toe, like that's that's problematic for like the explosiveness that he that helps him succeed. Like his efficiency is what's so great about him. He's not going to outcarry Mostert as long as the game is close. Mostert has proven to be the lead back here. You need Achan to be super uber efficient on his touches. And if he's dealing with a toe injury that's limiting his explosiveness at all, I do have some concerns. So I think I'd lean to Mostert in this spot. Um, Mostert and Tyreek are the two plays here. I always want exposure to this Dolphins offense, but I think there is reason to be a little bit cautious this week. Waddle's interesting too. Um, I mean, if we are projecting sauce to, if we're projecting sauce to shadow Tyreek, that would, first of all, it'd be a terrible decision by the jets because if they play one-on-one with Tyreek, he's going to go for 200 plus <laughs> yards in this game. I don't care who's defending him. Um, I think Waddle is somewhat interesting in this spot with Tyreek. Even if Tyreek plays, they might cap his um, like snaps. So, you know, that I mean, this guy just he bounces back and bounces up from injuries all the time. So the fact that like he didn't come back in that game until midway through the third quarter, I think the ankle injury was is was something that definitely hurt him and we talk about the, how bad those tackles are. Gosh, I hope they get yeah. rid of those tackles. They have been a injury just killer this year. What? I, I think it's like 20-plus injuries is what I was reading the other day. Um, and for what it's worth, Williams got put on the IR, and Armstead, um, he ended up practicing. They didn't practice Wednesday, but he wasn't even listed as like a non-participant guy. So Okay, that that's uh, helpful. They're still missing a couple other – like Williams is a big deal at center. He's, he's an outstanding yeah. center. Yeah. Um, and then there, I think there's a couple injuries along that line other than Armstead as well. Yeah. Pro football focus has, um, Williams as like a top five at his position. So, yeah. All right. Listen, I love the dolphins. I hope that Tyreek plays because it's just so much fun to watch the record thing. Um, he's having a phenomenal year. You don't want to see another one of those tackles take out another player. All right, we got the Giants and the Saints. I'm not talking bad, just so you know, on purpose about these early games because I did that last week and the early game smashed. So I'm purposely not talking bad about these early games. Um, 39 and a half, Saints of six-point favorites. We'll start with the Giants. 
you got to beat the Saints on the ground, and they had, and the Giants have one of the best running backs in the league. Um, I mean, I think this is a fantastic spot for Saquon, and I think Saquon because they played on Monday night and he had another big game. Like we're not getting the full up increase in Saquon's price as it should have been. Yeah, I, I think this is a fantastic spot for Saquon. I do want to mention um, the players, offensive players of the week. Tommy DeVito and Zach Wilson, both New York quarterbacks. Like, what a world we are living in. What a quarterback situation in this league that we are dealing with where Tommy DeVito and Zach Wilson can win Offensive Players of the Week. But congrats to them. They both played really well. That being said, no chance I'm going to Tommy DeVito in this spot. It's Saquon Barkley for me on this Giants offense, and that's about it. Uh, Worth noting, Darren Waller does have a chance to make it back for this game, but I I still don't think I'd, I'd go there. Not throwing enough. I mean, they're really relying on the run. Um, and like DeVito's running. So I don't think like I don't want to instantly write off DeVito because like he is 5K and like we have seen him run for 40 plus yards. Like if he rushes for a touchdown last week, he's 20 plus fantasy points. Um, so I don't want to play DeVito as a passer. And like if I was gonna play DeVito, it would almost be like getting exposure off of Barkley to DeVito and probably playing DeVito by himself. Um, kind of thing. So I think that's how I would attack the veto. It, it's Saquon. Um, it, it's Saquon for me. Like Hyatt has upside and he's really cheap. Like if you think he can have that big play, Wandell would be my favorite wide receiver here though. Um, I, I played him a lot on Monday night because like everyone was on the Hyatt train, but like he's the consistent guy and I think he has the upside um, and they're like getting him involved in like end around, like, like running type plays and stuff. So they want to get this talented wide receiver, the ball. Um, he, if he could just stay healthy. I mean, this is a guy that was very, very highly touted uh, saints. I mean, gosh, after watching green Bay, you're like, do I do anything with the saints here? Um, should I do anything? But I mean, honestly, like the giants defense has been terrible. They played a really good game. This game's in the dome. I don't necessarily love Derek Carr, but I mean, I think we we have to at least respect like the role that Chris Olave has right now. Dealing with the ankle ankle injury has me a little worried. Like he didn't get the same type of targets last week, and like I can't tell you how much Alvin Kamara I switched to last week when Taysom Hill got ruled out, and like his role just was like where's Alvin Kamara? But they got up in that Carolina game so fast that they just didn't need to do anything. Um, are you worried about that a little bit? Sure. I don't think Jamal Williams is going to get, you know, double digit carries again, but that is definitely a concern. Jamal Williams did have like a groin injury on the practice report today. If Jamal Williams sits and Miller's out, Kamara at 86 is just, he's probably not coming off the field. Yeah, the Kamara stuff is interesting. I I think he's absolutely playable if Taysom misses again, but I am concerned about Jamal Williams still picking up a significant workload here. If Williams and Taysom are both out, I'm not as concerned about Kendry Miller as I am about Jamal Williams. So Kamara would be very much in play in that scenario for me. Um, I was underweight on Kamara last week. I I was scared of exactly this happening, that Jamal Williams would – be the guy that picked up kind of the Taysom role. I don't know. Like they've always just been scared to give Kamara like the massive rushing role. He he generally has to get there through the passing game uh, involvement as well. Um, I think they play from ahead in this game as well. So if 
if Williams or, and or Taysom are in there, I have reservations about Kamara. I think it's a good spot for him. But again, just I worry about the touchdown equity if they get down there. I worry about him getting 20 rushing attempts. Just not something the Saints have been have shown that they're willing to do, really. Love the Olave call. I think his role is incredible. Um, Derek Carr has looked for him early and often. He gets deep targets down the field. He gets volume. I absolutely love Chris Olave. I don't think the Giants defense can slow him down. So he would be my favorite play from the Saints here. If Taysom misses again, I like I've chased Juwan Johnson two weeks in a row. Don't know that I can do it again, but I mean he he's gonna be interesting if Taysom misses. The only problem that I have with Johnson is Jimmy Graham. Yeah, with the touchdown stuff. Yeah, I mean yep. they get in they get into that like inside the 10 yard line inside the five yard line where like Johnson gets his, his ceiling and they bring in Jimmy Graham and they have designed Jimmy Graham plays. And like, I don't know. I, I get what you're saying. I think I'd rather have craft, like looking at the, like the three K price range. I think I'd I rather have craft. I agree with you. It's really frustrating. Cause Johnson is a huge dude. Also. Like, it's not like he couldn't do the same stuff that Jimmy Graham is doing. It's like, Hey, we paid Jimmy Graham and he's here to score <laughs> touchdowns. Yeah. You know, he has four catches on the year. He has three touchdowns. I mean, it, it's just, <laughs> Enough said. you can't make that stuff up. <laughs> yep. Houston at Tennessee, 37 and a half total in this game. Tennessee, a two and a half point favorite here at home against the, the Texans. Let's start with Houston. Um, CJ Shroud, concussion protocol, did not practice Wednesday. Obviously, that's that's the biggest thing. Um Nico Collins, calf injury, did not practice Wednesday. Noah Brown, dealing with a knee injury, did not practice Wednesday. Houston is banged up right now. We know Tank Dell's out for the season. We talked about that. Um, Dalton Schultz is expected back for this game, practiced fully on Wednesday. That's a huge bump up um, if CJ Stroud is back here. If Stroud plays, I have a lot of interest in Houston in this game because you got to beat Tennessee through the air. Miami wasn't able to do that because their their line got hurt. Tyreek got hurt. I mean, Waddle got hurt. Moser got hurt. Like, everyone got hurt in that game at some point. It was just a weird game. I think if Stroud plays in this game, I want to play some C.J. Stroud, and I want to play whatever pass catchers are active here. Yeah, I'm totally, totally with you. The spread here has me very concerned about C.J. Stroud's availability. I don't think Tennessee would be favored in this game if C.J. Stroud was a lock to play. So I think he's very much in, in question. That said, if he does clear the protocol, I, I want some exposure here. Tennessee is a team that you attack through the air. C.J. Stroud has been a very good passer all season long. If we can get C.J. Stroud and Nico Collins, I think that's one of my favorite stacks on the entire slate. Obviously, there's injury concerns there, so got to pay attention to that. The Schultz stuff, um, Schultz coming back. I think is noteworthy. Um, I think if Collins misses and Schultz plays, you can definitely take some shots on Schultz. Uh, Tennessee has been good against tight ends this season, but they did trade away Bayard at the trade deadline, which is a big deal. Like he's one of the best safeties in the NFL, traded him to Philly. Um, so I'd still, I, I would take some shots on Schultz in his first game back here if Nico Collins were out. Do you take shots on Schultz if Mills is the quarterback? I, I don't think so. I just, I can't pay that price tag. If he was 4K, yes, but at 4,900, I don't think I could pay that price with Davis Mills at quarterback. I think that's what that my, that's my initial thoughts too. If Mills is that quarterback, I like Tennessee defense too. Um, yes. I think that they're again, like they're upper tier price tag, but if Mills is that quarterback, we're going to get Davis Mills chucking the football 
And like if Nico Collins sits too, like, yeah, I think this would be a spot. Uh, the Tennessee side of this game, I have some interest in DeAndre Hopkins. My concern is we get both teams just kind of pounding the rock and like we lose a lot of game time in this game, just in general game script kind of favors um, the run. I like Hopkins a lot more if CJ Stroud's able to play in this game. Uh, talk to me here about Tennessee. Yeah, I think CJ Stroud is the key to unlocking like this, the DFS viability of this game. I'm completely with you there. I have interest in Hopkins as well. Another double digit target week for him. Will Levis is looking capable at the quarterback position as well. Um, and he's running a little. Like he, we knew he had this running upside. I think you can take shots on Levis at 5,400 if CJ Stroud is playing, because I think that means that Houston's playing with a lead here. And that means that Tennessee is throwing the ball way more than they want to be. Um, Hopkins is definitely the number one target, but I cannot leave out um, the role that Tyjay Spears has had here in the last couple of weeks. He had 16 carries and six targets two weeks ago. Last week, he didn't quite have the rushing attempts, but I mean, in that game against Miami, um, it was a close back and forth game. He did have eight targets in the passing game. Like this is a very talented guy. He's getting more and more involved. I like he has a role here. And if Tennessee's playing from behind, like I'm I'm chasing that passing game work that he's got in the last two weeks. Yeah, how tilting. Derrick Henry averaged two yards per carry in 17 attempts. He ran for 34 yards and he had two touchdowns. Um yes. I fully faded him on Monday. Same. But yeah, I mean <laughs> and I played a ton of Tajay Spears. I did I played I wrote Spears up. I think you did too. We were on expert yep. survey on Monday's two yep. games late, and we, I think we both highlighted Spears. If you think if if Stroud plays, I have interest in Spears because then I think like Texans have a chance to get up in this game. If Tennessee gets up in this game, they're going to pound the rock with Derrick Henry. Um, so I, I really think the upside, if you're building like a CJ Stroud double stack, I think that's where you'd run it back with like Hopkins, Spears, and like fully just kind of sell out on this game. I don't think I, I don't have anything else for Tennessee though. Um, Conquo, we need to talk about a Conquo. He's twenty nine hundred. Um another six targets again like he hasn't been productive but like six targets for 2900 is is a very nice role yeah i mean a lot of those targets were late in that game when they were down so i think again you really want shroud to play in this game i think that's just what we're coming to we really want cj stroud to play in this game in general all right we move to the four o'clock games no we have one more one o'clock game, Kansas City, New England. Um, I almost missed that game. Kansas City, New England, 37 total in this game. Um, gosh. Kansas City, eight and a half point favorite. Let's talk about the Chiefs. Um, the one thing that I want to point out about the New England defense is like their run defense. They're number one in run DVOA. They have allowed 59 rushing yards over the last five games on average. Um, 88 on the season. They have been really good against the run we know pacheco banged up he did not he's not practicing wednesday still this might be one of those scenarios that like if if pacheco sits this might be one of those spots where like not touching the running back situation for kansas city um rasheed rice i think he's kind of the top dog now and we're really we talked about it last week as well We've seen him just kind of take over as wide receiver one. Travis Kelsey's still wide receiver one, but Travis Kelsey at 7,600 just has not had 
he's had one ceiling game this year and, and like 79 7600 for kelsey like you need him to have ceiling games patrick mahomes 7800 you need him to have ceiling games i don't think a new england game script is a ceiling spot for the kansas city chiefs and they're all kind of getting priced up again I'm with you. Uh, if you told me that Patrick Mahomes was playing in a game with a 37 total at the beginning of this season, I would have told you things have gone very, very wrong for the Chiefs. And they kind of have because their wide receiver room is an absolute disaster. Like nobody can catch the football outside of Rasheed Rice. And, and then there's Travis Kelsey at the tight end position who's getting up there in age and just maybe if he's he's lost half a step, like that's huge in the NFL. Um this Chiefs offense just does not look as explosive as it has in years past. I don't know how much exposure I want here. I Certainly, you can play Rasheed Rice. It's very clear that he's the top target now outside of Travis Kelsey. 6,100 with attached to Mahomes. Very much in play. But I am worried about the overall game environment. Like, 37 is a very low total. I don't think I'm paying for Kelsey in this spot. I, I expect Belichick to scheme Kelsey kind of out of this game. And that's kind of why Rice is the guy that's popping here for me. I don't think I'm paying that price for Patrick Mahomes. Doesn't feel like a Patrick Mahomes ceiling game to me. And then the running back situation is kind of a mess. Even if Pacheco misses, I don't want to play CEH in this spot. I think McKinnon would be the guy I have interest in. And I think you need Kansas City to be playing from behind for McKinnon to have a serious role. And I mean, as as bad as this Chiefs offense has looked over the last couple of weeks, I still expect them to play ahead here against New England. So I don't think I'm touching the running backs at all. It's it's rice for me, and that's about it on Kansas City. Do you know who my favorite play from Kansas City is, Keith? The defense. There you go. I'm on board with that. I mean, they're expensive, but I mean, yeah. Uh, I just don't have a ton of interest in Kansas City. I mean, I think Rice would probably be my favorite like position player at 6,100. I still think he has some upside at this price. Um sticker shock a little bit but i mean his role over the last three weeks is like a $7,500 price wide receiver and he has patrick mahomes thrown in football and like you said no one else can catch the ball um so that's a huge factor (laughs) patrick mahomes has only thrown for 300 plus yards three times this year um and he hasn't done it since week seven like so you think about that and you're like wow and like two of those three were 305 and 306 um it's been a rough year for Patrick Mahomes. Um, and not his fault either. No, I mean, no wide receiver play, yeah. you know? I mean, how many how many deep balls has MBS dropped this year? Yeah. Uh, I mean, not to be mean to that guy. Let's talk about New England. Um, I mean, I guess the elephant in the room is Zeke Elliott going for 27 fantasy points, seven catches for <laughs> 72 <laughs> yards and a touchdown. Um if Stevenson's out again, I think you can take Zeke here at 7,800 or 5,800. Like his role was too good last week not to have interest in him if, if Stevenson sits. Yeah, it's the Rashad White role. Uh, very, very close to Christian McCaffrey. Maybe not quite there, but yeah, I mean, 22 rushing attempts, eight targets. That signed me up for 5,800. I don't care what the matchup is. I do believe this Kansas City defense is, is very good, um, but that's too good of a role to ignore. It's not an offense that I expect to be efficient or score a lot of points, but if he's going to catch six or seven balls and get 20 rushing attempts, hopefully he falls in the end zone once and and you're cooking. We just saw that that exact script last week. Um, I think he'd be in a a very similar spot to last week 
and that that role has enormous upside. I don't think I'm playing pass catchers here. I'm definitely not playing quarterbacks here. Um, the wide receivers are so cheap that we probably need to talk about them, but it, like none of it is comfortable, and it, it's all dependent upon who plays. If Douglas makes it back, I think he would be my first look. Um, Hunter Henry did have a touchdown last week as well. Birthday. Two touchdowns. It, it was, was his birthday. birthday. Fair enough. Two touchdowns on his birthday. Um, but I, I don't know. The pass catchers are so cheap. We probably need to talk about them a little bit. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Douglas sits um, Zappy last week. You know, we, we finally saw a little bit of Juju's like upside. Um, finally. I don't like trust that years. at all. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I think Devontae Parker has the most, most upside if Douglas is out. Like he had nine targets last week. They're they're obviously a little bit more willing, um, or week before they're obviously willing to throw the ball a little bit more. Um, I mean, if if Parker comes back here, Douglas comes back, like yeah, I'm in it. If those guys are out, I probably just fade it. I mean, we could see Zeke get eight plus catches in this game if those guys are out. So, my question is: every week I like to look for a punt defense. When we're looking at punt defenses this week, it's Cardinals against the 49ers. There's no chance I'm even touching that. Bills against Dallas. Dak has been playing way too good. Jets against the Dolphins or Patriots against the Chiefs is kind of my first lean here. Um, as like punt, just I'm, I'm want, I want five points. I want five points. And if you give me 10, I'll be ecstatic. I, I end up on these defenses every week. And I think like, the two punt defenses I'm looking at this week are the Jets and Patriots. Um, I, I just, love this call. Yeah, yeah I just, I'm, yeah, like. Like, people are too afraid of their defenses giving up points. That does not matter. We know the Chiefs are going to throw a ton. Like, Patrick Mahomes does an outstanding job of avoiding sacks. That is, that is very true. He's also had one of the highest turnover seasons of his entire career. Um, I believe he's thrown the most interceptions of his career this season, or he's approaching that number. So I'm on board with this. If you can get a couple of turnovers here, even two or three sacks, like it doesn't matter how many um, points they give up necessarily. And the Chiefs have also not shown the ability to score points in bunches this season. The Chiefs have scored more than 21 points one time since week eight. Yeah. I just like I, – I... I, do I do I want to sit here and tout the New England defense as a play this week? No, but when I'm looking at it like mathematically, they're 2300. Do you know like how much an extra thousand dollars from like? Gosh, I don't even know. Like the thing is, like when you even get into looking at it even more, it's like maybe Carolina's defense at like 28. But outside of that, like we're really looking at like the mid tier defensive options this week: Texans, Browns, Falcons titans saints like they're all expensive so like getting a 1500 dollars discount and if i don't i mean if if a defense doesn't score like two touchdowns like i think it's i, I think it's playable um i'm with you i like that call a lot <sighs> found something i like on new england 
You mean you don't want to play as a chalky Zeke Elliott? <laughs> I, I would. I, I, I would. I'd, I'd probably, probably be like too, but... under. I wouldn't fade yeah. him, but I'd probably be under on him. Um, but I, I don't. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily fade him. All right, let's go to the four o'clock games. We got some really solid four o'clock games this week. We got three games with totals over 47 this week on this four o'clock window. Um, let's go San Francisco at Arizona, 47 and a half total here. San Francisco, 12 and a half point favorite. Very rare to see a double digit favorite on the road in the NFL, but we're here and they probably should be favored by more. Uh, Brock Purdy still 6,800. He's been playing great. Um, over 23 fantasy points now in five of his last six games. 6,800 just seems too cheap for him. Um, obviously, like Christian McCaffrey, smash spot. Ayuk and Debo, smash spots. Uh, Kittle, smash spot. Like, I, I mean, I'm going to have Purdy double stacks here. Uh, and I've been double stacking against Arizona all year. Now we get like a phenomenal offense to do it with. Yeah, I mean, you just have to get exposure to this San Francisco offense. One of them goes nuts every single week. So then now they get one of the best matchups in the entire league. Uh, I think Christian McCaffrey is my first lean here. Arizona has been atrocious against the run. I do want to keep an eye on the Elijah Mitchell injury. If Mitchell is out, I think McCaffrey has like the, the highest floor that we've seen from any player all season long because – he should get there. That San Francisco should play from well ahead in this game, and they don't necessarily trust Jordan Mason to grind the clock out the way that they do uh, Elijah Mitchell. So Mitchell being out would raise the floor and the ceiling for McCaffrey for me. I I might just be locking in McCaffrey if Mitchell is out. It's that good of a spot. You need some exposure to the passing game as well. We've seen what Debo Samuel has been able to do the last two weeks. Like just throw this guy the ball and watch him do what he does. Like he takes it in from anywhere on the, on the field. Um, that being said, I think I prefer Ayuk this season, this, this week. Um, it's been Debo week for two weeks in a row. I think it's Ayuk's turn in this spot. Um, Debo's price has come all the way up to 7,700. He's now 500 more than Ayuk. Give me, just give me the savings on Ayuk. Um, he had nine targets last week, 126 yards. He just didn't find the end zone or he himself would have had a monster game. Um, somebody on this offense is going crazy. It's a fantastic spot. The Kittle stuff, I mean, I, I worry when all three of McCaffrey, Ayuk, and Debo are healthy that he blocks a little bit more. There's still a ceiling there, though. Like, if he starts getting loose over the middle, they'll keep throwing him the ball. Um, so I, I want a little exposure to Kittle. He's probably fourth on the list for me. Um Behind it's McCaffrey one, Ayuk two, Debo three, and Kittle four for me this week. I, I think Kittle is always going to be four for me. Um, but as far as like, here's the thing with with Kittle, he's had very similar upside and ceiling as Travis Kelsey this year, and he's eighteen hundred dollars cheaper. Um, so, and this matchup, I'm going to tell you right now, this matchup for San Francisco is way better than the. Travis Kelsey, because I mean, it, Bill, Bill Belichick's number one thing for years now has been take away the number one guy. They take yeah. away Travis Kelsey in that game. Um, it'd be interesting, but yeah, I mean, I, I love San Francisco in the spot. I mean, they have a thirty implied team total, highest on the slate. Yep. Yeah, don't over, don't overthink this. Um, get get exposure to everybody. Like if you only build one lineup, probably building one lineup with at least two San Francisco players on the slate. 
And you can play, and I really think you can play Purdy and McCaffrey together. Um, that's just my thoughts. Agreed. I prefer, I just, but my my thing here, Keith, is who the heck are we playing from Arizona to keep this game close? <laughs> um, because that's where I'm struggling. You know, I don't know what to do here. Like Hollywood Brown, he missed practice, or they didn't play last week. Um, he was out. He he's been dealing with the heel. They, he didn't practice again. I mean, do we just say like Trey McBride has a new role that we can't fade anymore, even with the price increase, even with this tough matchup, and we're just going to play Trey McBride here against um, one of the toughest defenses in the league? I would say yes if he wasn't significantly more expensive than the wide receivers. Um, 5,200 is – like the role has been phenomenal, but the matchup is not phenomenal for Trey McBride. I do think he's super talented and I believe everything that he's been doing here so far. So I would call him my favorite play from Arizona here. Um, but just paying, paying the money for a team that's probably going to get blown out. Doesn't feel great. Um, especially if I could get a big game from a Greg Dorch or a Rondale Moore and save a thousand or 2000 bucks in the spot. I, I would prefer to do it that way. I just don't trust either one of them for their role. Um, Marquise Brown is officially questionable, you said? He did not practice again Wednesday. So they had right. their bye week last week. He's still dealing with a heel. We know that, like, the week 13 game, he was off the field a lot for that Pittsburgh game with the heel. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously we have to monitor the the Marquise Brown situation, but I think Dorch and Rondale would be my my two targets. And Michael Wilson has an in- injury designation as well. Like He practiced limited. Wednesday, though, yeah. See, that would even that would further convolute this situation. Like we haven't seen him since Kyler's been back, have we? I don't think so. Week 10? When did Kyler come back? I think they played week 10 together, right? Week 10 together is their only game together this week. Yep. This year. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really tough to figure out what to do with these Arizona pass catchers. The only role I feel good about is Trey McBride. I do think that one of the wide receivers could find enough production to pay off their price tag in this spot, though. Do you think this game as a whole has enough ceiling where we could go like Kyler McBride and two of Christian McCaffrey, Debo Ayuk? Do you think this game has that much ceiling? Because like it's a really expensive stack. It depends on if Arizona can keep up, which and, and Kyler's not that much cheaper than Purdy. Um I'm playing Kyler as as a play this week. Like saying like he's going to run Russian. eight to yeah. ten times for seventy yards. Yeah, that that's very fair. Um, I think if Arizona can keep keep up, like it, it's indoors in in the dome in Arizona, so yeah, I, I think there's potential for this game to have that type of ceiling. Yes, that that was my initial thought too. It's like this game just has that like exploding ceiling, and I think that I think like Dallas Buffalo makes a lot of sense as another like expensive game stack. Um, like these two games just to me scream game stack. So let's move on. We got Washington at LA taking on the Rams 50 and a half total here. Rams, a six and a half point favorite in this game. We'll go Washington first. They're coming off their bye week as well. They needed it. Um, they're throwing the they ball did. at a huge clip still. They looked awful against Miami the last game right before the break. Sam Howell played absolutely terrible. He he played atrocious in that game. Still scored 20 fantasy points um, because he ran a couple in. 
I think this is a phenomenal spot to go to McLaurin and Dotson Samuel for value. They're all very cheap in a game that screams Sam Howell throwing the ball a lot. Yeah, this is the one that screams game stack to me because we know that Washington is not afraid to just let it rip and let Sam Howell drop back 45 times and just throw at the highest rate in the NFL. They've done it all season long. Um, I love the Rams on the other side of this. I love Washington coming off the bye two weeks to prepare, potentially being able to keep up a little bit in this spot. Like you said, they a much-needed spot for the bye. Like Sam Howell had started to play well, but he had really been going downhill the last two, three weeks before their bye. I think it gives them a chance to reset and potentially come back here and be able to keep this game close. I have a lot of interest in this game. Uh, McLaurin, I'm going to continue to say, has the most ceiling in this wide receiver room. I know it's been a struggle to find that ceiling here. Howell has been spreading it all over across the receiver core uh, and using the tight end as well. But I, McLaurin just feels like the guy that should be able to go off for a, for a massive game here. That said, Curtis Samuel's a guy I played a ton before their buy. Uh, his role was outstanding. He's still only 4,600. Don't mind going back to that. And I still believe in the talent of Jahan Dotson. I know it's been a bit of a struggle for him this year. But a very talented receiver at 4,700 on a team that's going to drop back 40 plus times, in my opinion, I'm I'm in for that. I don't I, I don't necessarily want to play Howell because I'm probably using Stafford stacks on the other side. But all all three of these wide receivers are very much in play for me. And then the the running back situation: if Brian Robinson miss, misses, is Antonio Gibson going to come off the field? Like he's been used in the passing game all season long. I don't know if they go to like a Chris Rodriguez in that situation or if Gibson just has a massive role here. Um, I mean, so I watch, like I said, I watch the Dolphins every week, but um, yeah, that week 13 game against the Dolphins when Robinson got hurt, Rodriguez got a lot of carries in the second half. So that's probably fair. I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily think Gibson comes off the field. I think his role gets bumped up, but I mean, they don't, I don't think they want to run Antonio Gibson. 20 times i don't even think they want to run him like 15 times so i think gibson's upside is obviously in the passing game i mean maybe rodriguez is in play if robinson plays but i honestly i just want to attack the passing game and i i kind of like how more than stafford i get what you're you know going with with stafford but again like in this day and dfs age of quarterback play like how gives us that rushing ability stafford's not going to run um He's not going to run. He's going to take a kneel down at the end of the he game. He might throw for five touchdowns, though. Yeah, he might. He <laughs> might against Washington. No, I agree with you. Like um, One of my favorite props this week is anything <laughs> – I wrote it down on my, my notebook. Anything um, Rams passing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let's, let's talk about those Rams. Cooper Cup I, – I mean, I debated it with you last week. I was like, he's too cheap again. Should we do it? I don't want to do it against Baltimore – Eight catches, 115 yards, and a touchdown. Great to see Cooper Cup getting more and more involved again. Puka still has upside. I mean, Williams is in an amazing spot here. One of the reasons that I don't love Stafford is because Williams could run for three touchdowns in this game. The Rams are in a great spot. It's Stafford. It's Williams. It's the two pass catchers. I still don't like touching the Higby situation. I think that there's better tight end plays. The best thing about the Rams is it's four guys for me, and I want exposure to all four of them. Yeah, I mean, I am in love with this spot for the Rams. The, the easiest way to beat the Commanders this season has been through the air, 
And I trust McVeigh. Like I know Kyron Williams has been outstanding. He's, He's had on McVeigh's fantasy team. <laughs> that might be true. He has had an incredible season, and maybe Kyron Williams vultures two or three touchdowns from me in this spot, and I'm broke when we talk about this next week. But <laughs> I just I feel like McVeigh is going to capitalize on just like Stafford has looked really good the last couple of weeks. First of all, and Washington's pass defense has been atrocious all season long. He has Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. Both look incredible. Um, I know Puka's dealing with injuries as well, but he's like he's a, just a tough dude, and he has gutted it out through these things all season long. Cooper Cup looked back and healthy. He's phenomenally underpriced if he's going to have that double-digit target role. Like we we know Cooper Cup can go for forty in this type of spot. Cooper Cup is my favorite wide receiver of the entire week. I love him. Seventy-eight hundred is way too cheap. Fully buying into what we saw last week, him getting back involved. Nakua being there is like, I still think Puka is an incredible talent, uh, such a steal in the draft that they got from him. So I'm just leaning, I'm not touching tight ends either. Um, I'm leaning into this passing situation though. It's Cup and Nakua. Demarcus Robinson had a, had 10 targets last week. I don't trust that. I would rather. Hey, Atwell yeah. had a concussion. He left early in that game. That's why Robinson had so much work. Right, and I don't, I don't know that he's going to make it back for this one. I think if Atwell misses with a concussion, I think we have to have some exposure to Robinson. He's too cheap. All right, you have interest in Atwell if Rob, if uh, he does make it back. Yeah, he's too cheap too. I mean, thirty five hundred for thirty. Like these guys are thirty five and thirty six hundred. Like one yep. or two big plays. Listen, if you're double stacking Stafford, we like Stafford. We already say it. Yep. Double stacking Stafford with Puka and Cup is really expensive. You know, taking one of those two guys and playing Robinson or Atwell, whoever plays, just makes the stack cheaper. That That's all I was going to point out. Um, yeah, no, that, that's totally fair. I, and I mean, I would much rather play Tutu than Demarcus Robinson. I know that. We all would. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So I'm on board with the Tutu stuff. I just, I don't trust Demarcus Robinson is the problem. But the price tag in an offense that I love, I'm, I'm on board with that. It's just not a comfortable play. He was already getting some like deep work over Tutu, like over the last few weeks. So like, if if Tutu Atwell sits in this game, unless Robinson like becomes that like shiny toy, chalky toy, I think I'd have interest in Robinson. If if Robinson's gonna be fifteen percent owned, if I play him, kind of like the like, Mingo situation from last yeah, week. Exactly. Like, we both liked him when we talked about him Wednesday. Then we turn over the cards on Sunday, and it's like twenty percent Jonathan Mingo. That did not feel great. No, what are you guys doing? <laughs> Play Mingo is cheap guy, but I mean, yeah, Robinson would be an ownership slash. Does Atwell come back? Because again, I just don't trust the Higby role. Um, Davis Allen was super involved last week, so like, I don't know. Um, I don't trust the tight end situation. I, I do like Stafford double stacks because he's not going to run. He's going to get through there if if Stafford. Is on the winning lineup. He's he's thrown for four plus touchdowns. Yep. You know that's Agreed. how Stafford's going to be in the winning lineup. All right, game of the week: Dallas at Buffalo. What a fantastic football game! Dallas um, sitting really pretty right now at ten and three. Buffalo with their you know backs on the wall a little bit. You know they are not having the season that everyone kind of projected them to. Fifty and a half. Buffalo one and a half point favorite in this game. Um, let's start here with Dallas. Dak Prescott has been. MVP type play over the last what five, six, seven, eight games. Um, 
he's 8k but man how how hard is it not to play this guy like i hate this spot for tony pollard i think this is a a ferguson cd lamb cooks dak prescott baller game yeah we we completely agree cd lamb if like if he was not 9200 would be my favorite play of the week or rather if cooper cup wasn't 7800 i just i prefer cup for the savings but cd lamb has the highest upside on the entire slate among wide receivers probably second on the slate behind christian mccaffrey for me as far as overall upside absolutely love the spot for cd lamb love the brandon cooks call as well uh we've seen him pop off for touchdowns in two of the last three weeks uh three of the last five like he's just been targeted in the end zone a bunch this season 5200 he doesn't need to do much else outside of catch that touchdown and and you feel pretty good about it love him as um a double stack partner there with Dak and cd jake ferguson call is phenomenal as well like Dak's probably throwing for three touchdowns in this spot three or four i would say would be my projection um should be a pretty fast-paced game high scoring game i think this is better than the kc buffalo game that everybody was in in love with last week i like this game better um, and I agree with you, not a great spot for the running backs. I still don't trust Pollard to carry a huge workload. Uh, Rico Dottle is, is still involved. So just give me Dak and the pass catchers. Now, I, I will ask you, if Dottle misses the game with the ankle, he was obviously limited last week. He wasn't involved in the passing game now the last two weeks. Are we playing Pollard more as like a pass catching back? Like this is a guy that had seven catches last week in a tough Philly, the Philly game. Um the problem with Dallas right now is, I mean, they've scored at least 30 points in five straight. This offense has just been so good. It's like, how do I get off these guys? Pollard's still under 7K. Like, I don't know. I, I don't want to play Pollard as a runner because I hate the spot as a runner. But if he's going to get 15 carries and, and like six to eight catches, I it's hard not to have a little exposure. Yeah, I mean, the passing game work, I don't know how much that had to do with Dowdle. It's not like Dowdle's been super involved in the passing game. Um, I, I just, I would love to see more of that out of Pollard. I would, I would have a lot more interest in him if I knew that he had that role. He just really hasn't had it this season. We've seen a lot of like two and three catch type of weeks rather than the, the six and the sevens where we saw a ton of that last year. I don't know if I trust the role. If, if you either, could yeah. guarantee me six catches, I would be all over Pollard at 6,700. Yeah, but it could easily have a two-catch game. Exactly. I mean, I'm with you. I'm not a huge Pollard fan anyway. I think he's just been overvalued all year. Um, Some of my best weeks this year have been fading Pollard. Yeah, I hope he gets ownership in this game. All right, Buffalo side of this game. Obviously, Josh Allen, Dak Prescott. If you're paying up for quarterbacks, those are the two guys you're paying up for on the slate. Like, don't overthink that. Um Cook had a phenomenal game last week against Kansas City, but it was really just one big play. Um, like, he had a good game. I don't want to discount that. He had a good game, but he had one big play, and it really kind of set him up. I don't know how much I love Cooks in this spot. I think this is a Gabriel Davis, Stefan Diggs. I know Davis was – he was one of the guys I was very high on last week. He sucked. I don't want to overthink this. I'm going to go back to the well on Diggs and Davis here. Um, if Kincaid sits, I like Dawson Knox at 2,700. He's a guy that I think could catch a touchdown if Kincaid ends up sitting. Yeah, I mean, if Kincaid sits, Knox might be the best tight end player of the week at 2,700 because Kincaid's role did not go anywhere. We talked about that last week. Uh, tons of draft capital on this guy. Played really well in Knox's absence. 
if Kincaid is in there, I think he's my my favorite Buffalo target here. Um, the James Cook stuff, like he had a phenomenal first half. The the one big play, like you mentioned, um, I was listening to the Pick Six show before we jumped on here, and shout out to Rich Rebar, one of the the best in the business, was just going off on Buffalo for for not using James Cook more. He's a super talented running back, and they're messing around with guys like Latavius Murray and um ty johnson like what are you doing just just use your talented running back uh completely agree with rich on that but if we're not going to see that type of usage it's really hard to play him in a tough spot against a great dallas defense so i i'm on the fence on cook i i might take some shots there because i do believe in the talent i believe in the passing game role which i think could be important in this spot especially if they get behind um and paying up for digs i think is going to be a little bit difficult so mild interest in cook for me I don't know if I end up there or not by the end of the week, uh, but I do have interest there. I, I mean, Diggs is the guy you want, obviously, but it's just it's tough to get him with Allen. Uh, that's a very expensive stack, especially when we probably want some of that, a piece of that 49ers offense as well. And they're all expensive. Um, so I would love to save some money with like a Gabe Davis or, or a Dalton Kincaid. Uh, if Knox, if Kincaid misses, I, I'm all, all aboard the Knox train. All right, let's play the morning grind game, and then we'll get out of here. Fun slate, lot, lot of, lot of stuff on the slate um, yep. to break down and pay attention to. But I think overall, a fun slate. And I know I said it last week, but I'm going to say it again. I'm going to be overweight on those 4:30 games because they're phenomenal. So, um, morning grind game last week, I did not get Keenan Allen. You got Debo. Um, so we missed out on that. We got to bounce back with our morning grind game this week. Let's get started here. Quarterback for 300 plus passing yards. This is the best spot of the year for Matthew Stafford. Cooper Cup looks healthy finally, and Puka Nakua is on the field as well. I love this spot for the Rams passing game. I like Stafford as well. I like that call. I'm going to go Brock Purdy for 300 plus passing yards this week. Uh, Low-owned running back for a touchdown. Again, we record on Wednesday nights. This is a first-look podcast. We do not have ownership up in front of us. Who do you got? I had originally written down Devon Achan, but that I did that before. I did a little more research, and then I noticed the toe injury. Like, turf toe is not a not a fun injury for a running back. I'm going to pivot that real quick. Um, I think Chuba Hubbard stays pretty low-owned. Tough, tougher spot against Atlanta, but the role has just been incredible. I'll have some Chuba again. Yeah, I mean, gosh, I'll tell you right now, my running backs are probably going to be somewhat chalky. Um, I only wrote down seven running backs this week. When I was doing my initial research, I added a couple during the podcast. Um, it'll be really interesting to see what ownership looks like on some of these guys this week. Uh, with all that said... Do we think Brees Hall? Gosh, I think he's going to be popular too. There's a lot. Like, I don't know that he will be. I think I'll go Brees Hall. I think Zeke is going to take up a ton of ownership. I think McCaffrey's obviously going to have a ton. Be interested to see where Pollard comes in. I'll, I'll give you Brees Hall as as fifth, like that, like eight to twelve percent range. I think is where he falls. Yep, and we always say less than ten percent. So. Yep. Um, no ownership yet. Quarterback, wide receiver, stack for a touchdown. Give me Purdy to Ayuk this week. I'm with you, I think, this week on Ayuk. I think Debo is going to get the ownership, and I love just playing the opposite of the ownership. Yep. with Because, I mean, they're both so extremely so talented. Yeah. 
I'm going to go back to my Samuel Howe Curtis Samuel combo here. Um, I just love this role that Curtis Samuel has right now. So give me Howe and Curtis Samuel. Wide receiver for eight plus targets. Cooper Cup, baby. Love this spot for him this week. <laughs> I'm going to take the cheat code. <laughs> It, listen, it hasn't necessarily it had, been a cheat code. I, I was going to say, it has absolutely not been a cheat code this year. I'm going to, I love DeAndre Hopkins um, this week. I really like him a lot more if CJ Stroud's able to play in this game. Uh, tight end for a touchdown. I feel like I'm taking your guy here after our discussion of the game, but <laughs> Tucker Craft yeah, is the yeah. guy I had written down. <laughs> you love to see it. I'll go, yeah. I'll go Ferguson. Love that one too. Yeah took my guy that's okay uh defense for 10 plus points give me the dolphins against zach wilson potential for some rain there as well uh, sorry i'm just not buying what we saw out of zach wilson last week i don't think anybody should buy what we saw out of um him i'm gonna i'm gonna go kind of off the board here and go the chicago bears i don't think the bears get a ton of ownership i'm with you um they have been playing a lot better i mean they're at the point this year where they're not really playing for anything anymore, but I mean, pride. Eberfus is playing for his job, I think. So, yeah. I mean, there's that. And like Fields is playing to stay on this team. There's been a lot of trade talks about yep. Fields. Absolutely. Year, so, I, um, I like that call a lot. I actually ended up on a lot of Bears defense last week because they were just super cheap. And I was like, man, they've been a little bit better. Why not? It, it actually worked out really well. So love that call. A lot of defenses did well last week. Yep. Um, just in Cleveland, general. So. Jets. Yep. There were but if you look at plus. like the Bears, if you look at the Bears, the last three weeks they have nine interceptions. They've really been getting after quarterbacks. So, yep. uh, and Joe Flacco, he's going to take a sack or two. So, I think this is a great, great spot for the Bears defense. So, let's go to our betting portion of the morning grind. Give me a, against the spread or money line bet this week. Give me Falcons minus three at Carolina. I was surprised to see this line so close. Like. The Falcons are a legitimately decent team, and Carolina is just not. I, on the road, I get it. In inner division probably keeps it a little closer, but three is not enough for Atlanta. I'm going to take the Cowboys' money line against the Bills. Um, they should not be a dog even in Buffalo. Um, so give me Dallas's money line. I mean, you could take the point and a half, but I think Dallas is going to win the game outright. So I'm just going to take the money line and take the extra little bit of was it plus one fourteen instead of like minus one ten. So yeah. Uh, over under. What do you got for us on over under this week? Uh, give me Commanders Rams over fifty. There's some fifty and a halfs out there, so it's probably going there eventually. But jump on that fifty. It's a big total. It's one of the highest totals of the week. But just I love this spot. Like we know Washington will not give up, and they'll keep chucking it even if they're behind. Yeah, honestly, I, I mean, both of these, all three of these afternoon games, I like um, the one that I wrote down was San Francisco over 47 and a half um, at 47 and a half for a San Francisco team. That is just San Francisco absolutely... can put up 47 by themselves. So. They could. <laughs> I mean, I was going to say it, but I didn't want to jinx it, but yeah, I agree <laughs> with you. Um, yeah. I mean, they put up over 30 and four of the last five and at least 27 and five straight. So if, if we can get anything here out of Arizona, I really like this 47 and a half number uh, player prop. What do you got for us on the player prop side of things here? I've talked about him a ton. I love him this week. Cooper Cup, five and a half receptions is not enough. Give me the over. Oh, I'm going to bet that right now. Yeah. Um. Did not see that one. Oh, 
really like that one. Um, I'm looking really quick to see. It's not up on. I'm. I'm gonna gotta pull up something real quick. I have my Prize Picks one ready to go, but the one that I wanted is not on the Hard Rock. I got to see if it's actually up anywhere else really quick. Let's go to. We'll go to the pick and play, and then I'll come back to my player prop here. All right, I will go. Um, CD Lamb more than eighty-seven and a half receiving yards. Dude has just been absolutely smashing. Bit of a down week last week, but he's been over a hundred yards so many times this week. Was very shocked to not see this number in the nineties. I have Richard White more than sixty-four and a half receiving yard or rushing yards this week. Um, three down back. It's so hard for me not to have a ton of interest here in White. Um, sorry, I am still trying to pull up, trying to filter. Oh, me. Yep. I have a ton that I like. I'm just trying to like figure out. Um, I like Hopkins, but it's not up on. It's not up yet. All right. Well, I really like Hopkins. That that I'm sure we'll get that. I'll give you another one. This is for the Saturday game, just to give you guys one. Um, because like the four that I just checked, I really like Jaden Reed's receptions. That's not up yet either. I like Barkins Barkley's rushing. That's not up yet either. Um, so give me Jamar Gibbs over 49 and a half rushing yards. Detroit running game against this Broncos run defense. I'm going to be very heavy on Saturday um, on Gibbs and Montgomery. So um, I'll take that. Sorry, it's not a Sunday one for everybody, but I gave out a couple that you can watch for. So uh, Keith, any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, um, fun fun slate. I think uh, I think a ton of ex- ton of uh, ownership going to be in those late games, as it should be. All three late games are phenomenal. So another another black, backloaded slate for us this week, which kind of similar to last week. But hopefully, we get a few a little bit better result for the both of us this week. <laughs> yeah. Listen, it can't be much worse than last week. So um, I hear you. <laughs> it was it wasn't pretty. It wasn't at all. So I hope everyone has a fantastic week. Thanks for hanging out with us over there on the YouTube chat. Everyone in there, Derek, thanks for the kind words. Um, hope everyone has a great week 15. I'll be back week 16. Keith will be off. Um, I have a special guest for you guys week 15 or week 16. We have not done a podcast together. And over a year, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So there you go. (laughs) Teaser alert. Hey, subscribe to YouTube. Get that teaser. Have a good one, everyone. We'll see you then.